do they? You got a few people trying to sneak out. No, it's out of town. Is that the same time zone out in Texas there? Or do we know? Hour behind. Okay. So that means that's just confusing. I don't remember. <laughs> behind us. Okay, good. So that'll be later. All right. Good, good. Well, we'll have to throw a prayer in for the Broncos here. Uh, anyways, I just want to welcome you guys to the Firehouse Church this morning. My name's Rich. If I haven't got to meet you, I'm one of the pastors here. We're kicking off a new series here called What on Earth Am I Here For? So I'm glad you could join us for that. Um, you know, before we jump into that and, and before we pray, I thought I'd share some fun, uh, maybe some, I had some fun family milestones this week here. Some of you, if you were with us uh, last night at, uh, at the Firehouse Nightlife, you might have heard some of this before, so bear with me or, or laugh if you don't mind when you get a chance. Um, but anyways, this is a family photo we took this week. I took the kids to a, a basketball camp, their first ever basketball camp here. And so a um, few of the milestones were, well, one, it was their first basketball camp ever. Kind of decide if we were going to continue thinking about basketball ever again or not. Um, Another milestone related to this, if, if you're on Facebook at all, if you uh, are connected in that world as well as I am, uh, this, is, this picture right here represents the second ever photograph I've posted on Facebook. And, and, and the milestone is not just that it's the second picture, it's the first picture that's actually right side up. You know, I actually rotated it, so we got a good, uh, good one there. Other milestone is this picture has, as of late, it's gone viral. So, uh, I don't know about you, but we're excited about that. I think last I checked, there were like five likes on this picture. It was pretty cool. Mostly family and friends. Most all of our family and friends, but no, just joking. Um, I, I jokingly... Um, put a, a little posting up there that just said we call this picture the triple threat. Any of you that know basketball know this position right here gives you triple threat capabilities. Um, how many of you guys know what the triple threat is? Some of you basketball players do. What is? What are the options you got? Uh, pass, dribble, or shoot. This is actually the quadruple threat. If you see Graham is using the quadruple threat, the fourth option is you can actually fall over if you lean too far. So that's the uh, quadruple threat we're working on there. But anyways, we had fun. My dad posted on our Facebook page. He's just joining in technology uh, along with me there. But uh, he said, you know, great picture or something, but do you notice they're all standing out of bounds? And I was like, thanks, Dad. That's uh, we're, we're not focusing on that. But I, I ended up talking to him and I posted later. I said, it's genetics, Dad. It's genetics. Apple doesn't fall too far from the tree here. So anyways, we've been having, having fun with that. We're excited to see uh, how, how basketball plays out. I enjoy playing a little basketball myself. And they all seemed to do good and enjoy the camp, and it was it was fun. And as cute as those three kids are, one thing I realized is that they they are still human. They um, after playing basketball and sweating all day, um, you know, I think we need to look into some deodorant or something like that. They uh, it was I was like my kids, they they sweat and it doesn't it smells like me too. So, uh, anyways, that's that was a new discovery, but. We had fun. It was a great week. We survived. They actually got some awards out of the deal there. So, um, But I thought I'd just share that, some of those milestones with you from this week. But I'm going to go ahead. We're going to shift gears a little bit. We are going to talk about our, our purpose, what on earth we're here for, our calling. In some ways, I, I like to think that overlaps with basketball for most of us, but it might not. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to jump into... Um, a few thoughts this morning on this question, what on earth am I here for? So let's just bow our heads and pray and just ask that God would, would meet us here.
Well, Heavenly Father, we do just thank You for this morning. Thank You for the chance to come together and just worship You together and, and seek You together. And Lord, I pray that as we look at this question of, of what on earth am I here for, that You would speak to us, that You would give us some insight and some answers, uh, not only as a whole group, as a church, but I pray You would speak to each one of us personally. God, as we are exposed to your word here, that I pray that it would speak to our hearts, that it would affect our thinking, it might challenge our thinking, or encourage us, or, or convict us, whatever you feel like is needed in each one of our lives. I pray that you would have your way, you would have a voice into, into our lives this morning. We ask you for this grace, we pray that this series would bless each one of us, it would bless our whole church, uh, and we just pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Alright, so... What on earth am I here for? You know, this is a, obviously it's a very big question, deep question, philosophical question. Other questions related to that might be, you know, what on earth am I here for relates to, in some ways, how did I get here? Where am I going? Why am I alive? And what am I supposed to do with my life? So those are some serious questions about our existence and, and our purpose. And when it comes to answering those questions, there's really two major ways we can go about answering them. Um, and, you know, we're going to be uh, using the, this uh, What on Earth Am I Here For book to, to study this together. There's a, a ton of verses in here that we're going to look at, and hopefully we'll shed uh, some, some light on some of these questions here. And um, so we're going to use this as a tool. For some of you that maybe you're new with us, we from time to time we do book studies this year. We've had to have a few book studies that we've used as a catalyst to, to look at what God has to say about certain topics. And so this is probably the last of, of the series we're going to do this year. You know, previous years, if you've been with us for a while, we've done things like, I remember we studied the book of Acts for once, and I think, uh, you know, it's 28 chapters, and we must have studied it for like five years, it felt like. Um, we just did verse by verse and trucked through that. And so we, we do different things that seem to meet the need that um, God is leading us in as pastors. So we're looking Looking forward to making the most of this, using it as a catalyst uh, to tackle some questions together. And so, um, you know, I hope you understand where we're coming from on using this. Some people might go, well, you know, where's the Bible? And uh, I got my Bible right here. This is uh, it's my favorite book, and this one's a great book as well. But uh, we hope uh, we, we've bought books for the whole church to use through this series. So we encourage you to, to grab one on your way out. And so um, we'll have a donations jar. But the reality is, these books are all paid for, and if you don't take them home, they're they're just going to sit around my office and uh, our office here. And so we'd love you to take one, write your name in it, and, and make the most of it. It's, it's broken up into daily readings, 40 days, I think maybe 42 days, um, that you can read just a daily devotion that has a lot of um, verses to think about, and it's all tied to this theme here. And so we'll start the first chapter, you know, each daily reading is, is called a chapter, so we'll start the first one today if you want to take one home with you. But anyways, that kind of just to let you know what we're thinking about. But in here, um, I like, uh, you know, Rick Warren kind of sets the stage a little bit. There's two different camps that you can think about answering these questions from. One is the approach is just called speculation. You know, um, you can take those questions about where do we come from and why are we here and you can, you can hypothesize, you can theorize, you can philosophize, you can take your best guess. And that's kind of all in the same camp called speculation. 
The other way to approach and tackle these questions is, is called revelation. And we can take and look at what God has revealed to us through His Word, through the Bible, uh, to, to help us answer these questions. And so that's uh, really the other ones. You know, again, it's, it's a best guess. It's, uh, he opens, I think, one of the, the might even be the first chapter of this that you might read today if you get a chance. But he talks about a, a professor, a, a Dr. Hugh Moorhead, out of um, Northeastern Illinois University, who wants um, a while back wrote to 250 um, of the best known philosophers, scientists, writers, intellectuals in the world. And he asked them, what is the meaning of life? And then he was going to take their answers and, and publish them in a book. Just all their answers and the responses. And he said some of the answers that he got back were, um, some people offered their best guesses. Some admitted they just made up a purpose for life. Others were honest enough to say they were clueless. And then there was a last group of people that even said to write them back if he discovered the meaning of life. And so these are top intellectuals throughout the world. And, and in some ways, they, uh, a lot of those things, you, you can't reproduce some of these things in a laboratory, how we got here, how things came into existence. And so there is a lot of speculation. But God has given us revelation. One, one analogy like along that, is, uh, along that lines is, imagine if, um, imagine if someone gave you a very um, valuable and very complicated invention. And they just said, you know, here you go, dropped it on your lap. You really wouldn't be able to know what its purpose was for. You might be able to tinker around with it and try to figure out a few odds and ends you can do with it. But unless you knew, I mean, you know, and the device itself is not going to explain that to you, but unless you knew the creator of that invention or had the instruction manual for it, you really would not maximize what capabilities could come out of that invention. And, and really, that's the situation we're in. And we have um, been given an instruction manual for life. And we have access to the creator of life. And in, in the analogy, really, you are that complicated and valuable invention that you cannot find out your, your own purpose apart from knowing the one who invented or created you for life. And so that's where we're going to look. And You know, one of the promises I remember, one of the first promises I remember on this subject a number of years ago, probably 17 years ago, I heard someone speaking on this subject of the meaning of life and our purpose. And they shared this promise that was first spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, but it says this, God is speaking to His people. They've been, uh, they kind of got off track with God and God kind of had to teach them some hard lessons and they went into captivity. And in the middle of captivity, God sent a messenger to say this to them. And He said, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans for a hope and a future. And I just remembered hearing that years ago when I was just trying to figure out why am I here? What's my calling? I, you know, I thought it was to be a multimillionaire or I thought it was to play basketball for the, the Boston Celtics and those did not pan out well and so why am I here? Um, but, but I heard someone share, you know, God has a good plan for you. He's got, it's, it's a good plan. There's a hope and there's a future in it. And some reason it just caught my attention. I go, that... That sounds good. I, I'm interested. Tell me more. I want to know about this plan. Another well-known verse um, or well-known promise related to this is one you, you might have heard before. It's, um, it's from Romans chapter um, 8 and verse 28. But it says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him. There's different ways this is translated, but God causes all things to work together for good. 
uh, to those who love Him. And, and sometimes we, we hear that and we go, oh, that's good. God can work all these things. He's orchestrating. He's coordinating in His sovereignty a lot of things in life to work it out for our good. And sometimes we stop there just at the first part of the promise. But God goes on to say, um, and it's for those who love Him and who have been called according to His purpose. We've been called according to a purpose for God, and He works that out. And our purpose and our, our calling, they, they overlap. You know, He goes on to say, those God predestined, He also called, those He called, He justified, those He justified, He glorified. A whole lot of theological big words there. The one we're going to focus on today and for this series is called. You and I have been called to a purpose by God. And, and calling, you know, it's used, um, it's used over a hundred times in the New Testament to describe God's purpose, God's assignment, God's reason for you. Over a hundred times, it's used ten times more than uh, the idea of just purpose alone, or the word purpose. Uh, some of this uh, material from What on Earth Am I Here For? It's been revised from the original a book written that Rick Warren wrote uh, probably 10-15 years ago called The Purpose Driven Life. But um, this repackaging and relooking at it says, you know, this theme of being called is even greater than this theme of purpose. It goes beyond that. and um, Sometimes calling can be confusing with your career, your vocation. And we have to realize those are two different things there. And sometimes they overlap and sometimes they don't. But you might have many careers in your life. You might have many jobs that you uh, do in life. But your calling remains the same. God has a calling on you that it's independent of your careers or your job paths many times. And so we need to realize that your calling is not... We're not talking about just a vocation that you might have someday. We're talking about a reason and an assignment that God would have for your life. And so really this morning we're just going to look at... Um, you got a hand out there. We're really going to look at five things everyone needs to know about their calling. Five things you need to know about your calling. And so we'll, um, we'll tackle these one at a time here. And it'll really just... My, my job this morning is to kind of set the stage for this series. We're going to look at things we need to know about our calling. And over the next uh, five weeks, we're going to actually look at specific facets of our calling. But here's some things we all need to know. And the first one is this. Um, I'm called for God's purpose. I'm called for God's purpose. That's your first blank there. But um, God didn't make you for you. God didn't go, boy, I want to make you so you can really enjoy you and figure out why you're here, write your own story. He made you for Himself. It's His plan for you. That, that Jeremiah verse says, I know the plans, I know the plans I have for you. Sometimes we get it the other way around. We think, I've got a plan for God. He fits in somewhere, or He doesn't fit into my equation somewhere. And we think we're the author of life. But the Bible calls God the author of life. And, and we're a part of that story that He has authored. And so, um, uh, one of the verses we have here is... Um, you know, another one, Psalm 38, 8, just says, The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Your, your love, O Lord, endures forever. God has a purpose for you if you're willing to hear about it, if you're willing to accept it, to take it on. Um, another verse that uh, relates to this as well is one in Ephesians 2.10. It just says, For we are God's workmanship, created in, an, in Christ Jesus to do good works, which He prepared in advance for us to do. And we need to know that our, um, 
Our calling has to do with some good works that God wants to bring in this world through you. There's some good that God has assigned, prepared in advance for you and only you to walk into in this world, to bring into life on earth. And, um, you know, it says we are God's workmanship. You know, you can... Um, that's the verse on the handout there. You can circle that. I forget which verse is on the handout. But um, you um, were God's workmanship. That comes from the word, uh, the Greek word that's a uh, poema. And, and it carries with the idea of you're God's masterpiece. You are God's poema. You could kind of see. You don't have to be a Greek scholar like me to figure out that uh, I'm not a Greek scholar. You know that. I've got a computer science degree. But um, you don't have to be a Greek scholar to go, poema kind of reminds me of what? of a poem. You know, it says you're God's poem. You're God's masterpiece. You're God's song lyric. If you were to write a song, He has one, a lyric, a set of lyrics just for you. And they're awesome. God doesn't make junk. You're His masterpiece. And you've got to catch that. And He's called you for a great and for a glorious purpose. And He goes on to say, there's something prepared in advance for you. And that leads us to our next point here. Um, next point is, God chose my calling... You want to fill in that blank there? God chose my calling. One option is when I was born. You think that's the one we're looking for? God chose my calling before I was born. God chose my calling and your calling before I was born. He had a plan in place for you. It wasn't like, you know, he waited to see what showed up and goes, Oh, wow, this one. Plan B for you. Boy, sorry about that. You know, um, God had a plan before you ever hit the plan, before you ever set foot or took your first breath. He had a plan while he was knitting you together. A few verses um, about this. Galatians 1.15 says, It pleased God in His kindness to choose me and call me even before I was born. Jeremiah 1.5 it says this, Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, had a holy, holy plans for you. And then the verse on your hand, I think there is, um, I am your creator. You were in my care before you were born. God cared about you. He had plans for you. He was working on you before you were even born. You matter greatly to God. You're a big deal to Him. And so we need to know that another psalm, a classic psalm on this is um, Psalm 119 that talks about how He knit us together in our mother's womb, how we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Each one of you has been made by God with specific purposes. He gave you your exact heart, your emotions, your mind, your personality, your body. God gave you all of those things and they were not an accident to Him. And we have to be careful. Sometimes we can think, um, well, you know, uh, boy, you know, God looks around and occasionally goes, wow, now that one I did good. That one, I don't know what the parents were thinking there, but wow, you know, that one, let's, uh, well, let's just do the best we can with that person. Um, you know, God never thinks, He's never insecure about what He has made. And, and God loves you deeply. And, and sometimes we can think, uh, well, you know, if God knew what happened, you know, and granted, there's broken situations in this world. We know God is able to, to cause all things together for good, but God goes even beyond what we see and know. And we're going to take a, a look at a little video here about a, a man some of you might have heard of before. His name is Nick Wojacek. And he was uh, born with no arms and no legs. 
And yet he's impacted millions of people with his story, with his faith, with his testimony about how, um, how you can find confidence and courage and meaning through your faith in Jesus Christ. And so we're going to look at this video real quick here. But you need to know God had a plan for you even before you were born. I sort of looked at my life and thinking, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. And you keep on concentrating on the things that you wish you had or the things that you wish you didn't have. And you sort of forget what you do have. And there's no point, I believe, in my life where I wish I had arms, legs, I wish I had arms, legs, I wish I had arms, legs, because wishing won't help. But what I've seen in life are just a couple key principles. And the first thing that I've seen is to be thankful. It's hard to be thankful, man. I tell you, when I was eight years old, I, I sort of summed up my life and thought, I'm never going to get married. I'm, you know, I'm not going to have a job. I'm not going to have a life of purpose. What kind of a husband am, am I going to be if I can't even hold my wife's hand? It's a lie to think that you're not good enough. It's a lie to think that you're not worth anything. I love life. You know, so many people come and say, how come you smile so much? And I'm like, well, it's, it's, it's a long story. <laughs> but it's very simple at the same time. You see, it's very hard to smile sometimes in life. There are things that happen that you don't know and you don't understand and you don't know if you're going to get through it. You know, you go through your storms in life and you don't know how long this storm is going to be. And today I want to share with you some principles that I've learned in my life that you can use in yours. Being patient is beautiful. I tell you, it's the hardest thing. But I realize I may not have hands to hold my wife's hand. But when the time comes, I'll be able to hold her heart. I don't need hands to hold her heart. You know, it is scary to know how many girls have eating disorders. It is scary to know how many people are just angry at life because of their situation at home and angry at others. It's scary to know how many people actually feel like they're worth nothing. Every single girl right here, right now, I want you to know that you are are gorgeous just the way you are and you boys you're the man 
on this DVD, I share my experiences in life of how I've overcome challenges and seen a new, fresh perspective in life. To be thankful, to dream big, and to never give up. I speak to children, youth, and adults about key issues and principles that I've applied in my life that has given me the strength to conquer all that comes before me. Wow. I don't know about you, but that's, that's pretty powerful to me. Um, you know, God had a plan for your life before you were born. Could you imagine if, if Nick's parents would have, would have known in advance, you know, my son's going to be born with no arms and no legs, and it's going to be such a hard life, and people are going to make fun of him, and so much is going to happen to him. What if they would have said, you know, probably better not to bring him into this world. But you know, God had a plan for his life. And Nick has touched millions and millions of people's lives, probably more than, than you and I ever will, with no arms and no legs. You know, sometimes when, when an unborn life is taken, we know, okay, there was a life and now it's gone. But more than that, there was a plan, there was an assignment, there was a reason for a being that God had in place. And to take that away is to interfere with God's plan. And that's a big deal. And God has a plan for each one of us. And, and we've got to know you were fearfully and wonderfully made. God doesn't do accidents. You know, parents may do accidents. I've heard it said there, there's no unplanned children, there's only unplanned parents. Every children, God has a plan for every child, every being that comes into existence. God has a plan for them, a calling. And God has a plan for you. And it's, it's a wonderful one. It's an awesome one. It's a fearful one. If you would have it. And we just need to know that you matter to God. You're not an accident. God doesn't do accidents. Um, parents may get surprises along the way. Things like that. I could tell you story after story on that. But God is never surprised by one. He is knit together and created and called. And so you know that. You know, if you think, um, if you think your life is an accident... You're going to live like your life's an accident, like it's random, meaningless, purposeless, aimless. But God doesn't do accidents. And you have, again, you're just, you've been wonderfully created. You need to know that, every one of you. We, we've got to catch that. And get a chance, I encourage you to look up Nick's story more and more. He's spoken, uh, uh, you know, and in many different situations. I believe he's spoken our church out in Salt Lake City uh, at the Rock Church there. They had him speak once. And he's spoken in the Mormon temple there, sharing his faith, his testimony. He's spoken on Oprah and, and all over the place. But um, I just want to let you know... God has a, a plan, a calling for you in place before you were even born. The next thing we're going to look at here is um, kind of relates to that idea. But um, this next point is that two blanks there. My sins and mistakes don't change my call. My sins and mistakes don't change my call. And... <clears throat> You know, there's a, one of the verses we look at on this subject here is, is um, the Apostle Paul. It says this of him, um, if we get the next verse coming up here, it's 1 Timothy 1, 12 and 13. But Paul speaking and he says, By calling me into his service, Jesus has judged me trustworthy, even though I used to be a blasphemer and a persecutor and contemptuous. Mercy, however, was shown me because while I lacked faith, I acted in ignorance. You know, when it, when it comes to um, sins and mistakes, 
It's hard for you and I. I don't know what sins you've done, what mistakes you've committed, or what's been done to you. Maybe you feel like you're damaged goods or something and God can't use you. But you know, the Apostle Paul had murdered some of the first Christians. People who had a calling, they were trying to carry out the message of Jesus Christ. And he had some of our brothers and sisters murdered back in the days. And yet, God had a plan for his life. And he turned him around into one to be a great messenger. In the wake of his mistakes and his sin, you know, I mean, in some ways he could say, I did a lot of dumb things before I got on track with God. And maybe you might feel that way. But we see time and time again um, that, that God is able to to take those things and He's able to work our mistakes and our sins still out for good. Um, it doesn't matter how much you feel like you've messed up. I think of others. I think about Peter, one of the first disciples. Uh, tagged along with Jesus for three years. No one knew Him better probably than Peter. And Peter denied and was embarrassed to admit he knew Jesus three times in front of others. And uh, talk about mistakes, shortcomings, sin. Um, and God had a great plan and calling in place for Peter yet. And God doesn't waste our, uh, our sins and our mistakes. He has the ability. He doesn't even let that go to waste. And sometimes part of our calling comes out of our pain. Sometimes the things we've been through uh, enable us to relate better to others in certain unique situations. And I, um, you know, I know I look back on my college days, and when I was going through college, I was living for myself. I had uh, a problem with alcohol once I got there. I was trying to cover up some mistakes and sins and selfishness from my life. And I thought, well, maybe alcohol is going to help me cover this up. And then it, I realized alcohol. It caused me to forget some things for a short period of time, but then the next time I thought about it, I had made even more mistakes and done more dumb things, and it just kind of kept spiraling. And, and eventually, um, you know, when I got out of college and I, I made it out here to Colorado, I feel like God baited me from New Mexico out to Colorado with a great job. I took my highest salary offer with Hewlett Packard, and, and God got me away from old family and friends and bad habits, and I got out here and... He began to humble my life and began to kind of take things apart. My plan for my life kind of showed me it was, it was kind of a silly and selfish plan. Eventually, I realized that um, I needed a Savior, that I had sinned against a holy and eternal God, and I had earned, I felt very clearly that I had earned His uh, eternal punishment. I had earned hell. And, and that became more and more clear to me. And eventually, though, I heard the good news that Jesus had died. He'd taken on the punishment I deserved on His cross. And He'd offer me a new life. And, and after I became a Christian, I was excited about it. One of the things that I, just resonated with me was the chance, there was an opportunity to begin reaching out to college-age kids at Colorado State. And I just thought, wow, I missed it. I, I did all the dumb things in college. And, and now I have an opportunity to tell someone, you don't have to do all those dumb things. Throwing up uh, with alcohol poisoning is not as fun as they say it is. You know, it's not a it's not a good world. Living selfishly and and being stuck in sin is it's not as fun as other people say it is. And, and I had a chance to help people tell them, hey, you know, I did that. You don't have to. And and I also anyone who did make those same dumb mistakes and selfish choices, I could go, okay, well, I've been there and done that too, and I can relate. And but I felt like God used some of the the mistakes from my life, and He used it for good. And I don't know. What what you've been through, but there's a chance that things that have been hard for you and challenging and hurtful are, are the very things God might use you to help somebody else through. It might be a part of your assignment um, if you're open to it. And so um, my sins and mistakes don't change my call. And I want to 
encourage you all with that truth. Next thing we look at here is um, point four. My calling is connected to others. My calling is connected to others. Uh, I think that's your blank there. Others, a couple verses on this. Um, one says, um, Romans 14, 7 says, None of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. Um, another verse we have here is, uh, Now the body is not made up of one part, but many. And in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. You know, if you're going to fulfill your calling, you can't do it by yourself. To fulfill your, your God-given calling, you've got to be connected to God's body. That is the body of Christ, the church. And God has a plan to have you connected. It's, it's kind of like if you were as complicated and as valuable as an eye, an eyeball, and yet an eyeball disconnected from the body doesn't do a lot of good. If, if you did something to it, I guess you could preserve it and, and play marbles with it or something. I don't know. But it's not the same thing as if it was connected to the body. It's designed to be a part of the same. It's true for the complicated ear and the eardrum. There's a system there that taken out of the body is, is worthless. It's not the same thing. You know, I think of a, a real example. I think we, we know that. You know, none of our body parts works if they're disconnected. We have a guy in the church, some of you know, he posted some Facebook postings a while back where a part of his body got disconnected from his foot uh, with a very sharp axe while chopping wood took off a toe and uh, he had a picture on his Facebook of the toe separated and uh, he had a picture of the doctor standing by his foot with these surgical gloves on and there was a foot with the toe missing and you know this whole conversation played out he asked the doctor can I take my toe home with me and the doctor said yes you sure can and uh, he thought about it he said is it going to start to smell yes it sure is it's going to decay and it's going become worthless and it's going to stink and you know it, it makes sense in the physical world we go duh you take something apart from your body it's going to die it's going to decay but you know that's an illustration of what goes on spiritually in God's world if you're not connected to the rest of the body he's designed you to be connected with you can your purpose will decay you can become stinky um, and selfish I think of stink and selfishness as kind of one and the same in that context there's a proverb that says um, Proverbs 8 18.1 just says that he who separates himself seeks his own desire and defies all sound judgment. If you go do your own thing, you're going to just become selfish and, and stink of selfishness. And you might not notice the smell. Sometimes people with body odor don't notice their own smell. Um, but others notice it. And if you're living a selfish life, you might not think anything of it. But, but there's others going... P.U., you know, we need some... I texted my wife during the basketball camp pertaining to my kids. I said, we need some D.O. for the B.O. around here, you know, some deodorant for the, the smell. But the same is true of us sometimes. You've got to be connected. This proverb here, um, I think it's on the next slide. Um, there's a proverb that says, He who walks with the wise grows wise. But the companion of fools suffers harm. This has come to be a life verse of mine that when you walk with wise people, people that are following God and trying to carry out His calling for them, you become like them. You become wiser yet. And if you run with foolish and selfish people, the promise here is that you will suffer harm for it. You don't become wise. You know, we can say we learn from the, we, we can learn from our mistakes. But this promise is you will suffer harm for running with foolish people. It's kind of like if you say, well, I'm connected to a group of people. I'm a part of a foot. It just happens that the foot has been severed from the rest of the body. And we've got this good old community over here and we all stink together. You know, we're all living selfish lives together. Well, that's fine. You could do that. But th that's not the 
the calling that God will bless, the glorious plan that God has for your life. It's something else. But don't confuse yourself on, on walking in a glorious, God-given plan there. So um, anyways... Um, Related to that, we're we're encouraging people to join us for small groups this um, this series. You know, starting this Wednesday night, we're going to be studying this book together. We're going to watch a video together, have some discussion questions. All you got to do is show up. You don't even have to do your reading assignments, and we'll let you in for free. Um, but um, you know, the the point is, there's other people in our church that want to find out more about their calling, God's plan for their life, and you're welcome to join us. We have a, a nine small group groups that are going to be meeting through this uh, next six weeks. And there's a handout in the back of the room. I think there's eight of them listed there in the neighborhood. And we've got a group down in Parker as well. You happen to be uh, coming up the street from the Parker neck of the woods. A long way up the street. Um, you're welcome to join those guys as well down there. But we're going to study that for the next um, the next six Wednesdays together. So we invite you to join in on that and, and see what God might do there. Worst case work to explore a little more about your calling and maybe at the end of the study you might decide I'm in or I'm not in but I encourage you to give it a shot and give connecting with others that are are trying to do the same thing give them a shot and see what happens I just want to invite you to that the last point we're going to look at here is um, is this uh, number five is that my calling is a gift from God I have in parentheses there, my calling and my salvation is a gift from God. We'll talk about the salvation thing there in a bit, but my calling is a gift from God. And there's a couple verses on that. Um, let's see what we have here. 2 Timothy 1.9, it, um, it says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done, but because of His own purpose and grace. God saves us and He calls us into His plans, into the life He has for us, not because of anything we've done. It's His own purpose and and grace. And grace is, um, you know, simply stated, a free gift. I think uh, we have in the, you know, what is grace? Grace, in in the most basic sense, is undeserved kindness. God in His undeserved kindness has a plan for you. And again, His plan is in place before you ever did anything right or did anything wrong. He's got a gracious plan available to you, ready for you. He's got things uh, set apart for you to walk in to carry out that plan. And uh, I love this. This recently heard Grace described this way. Grace is when God gives me, gives me what I need instead of what I deserve. You know, sometimes, if you, especially if you've making some mistakes and taken some hard knocks, you can go, well, I'm, I'm damaged goods. Uh, my calling from here on out... I got, I'm way beyond plan B here. I'm like on plan Z or, you know, wrap around the alphabet again. Plan A, A, B, B, whatever it is. Um, but grace is when God gives you not what you deserve, but something that's in line with His loving kindness, His undeserved kindness. And so that's God's, God's calling for you. It's, it's made available, and it's made available as a gift. And all you would have to do is receive that and say, God, I'm willing to, to take your plan for my life and instead of trying to carry out my own homemade plans here um, that you'd be willing to take on His. And another thing we have to, just a side note related to that, um, you know, anything that God calls you to do, um, God also empowers you to do that. You know, I think of story after story in the Bible. God called people to do these great things. Moses was called to help, you know, lead a million people out of Egypt and go across the Red Sea in the desert. And Moses initially was just like, 
I don't know what you're talking about. you got the wrong guy here. And eventually when he's willing to walk in God's calling for him, God gave him everything he needed along the way to pull it off. And God did miracles through him and parted the sea and did a lot of amazing things, but it was only after he was willing to walk in God's calling. Think of many other stories like that in the Bible. But really the question comes down to are you willing? And if you're willing... God's got everything that you need. There's a verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.24 that says, He who calls you is faithful and He will do it. Whatever He's calling you into, whatever assignment or reason He has for you, He's got in store for you everything you'll need. But it's likely calling you into something greater than you would ever attempt it on your own, with, with greater resources and greater backing that you could ever bring about on your own. It might even be, if you knew in advance your assignment, it might scare you. It might scare you a bit, but if you're willing... Um, God, God's offering you a calling, a plan for your life if you're willing to take it. And, you know, we just want to close with the, the last part of it there. It says, my, um, my calling and my salvation is a gift from God. Let's see if we've got these last verses there. Oh, you know, this one here is just, um, live the kind of life that pleases God, who calls you to share in His kingdom and glory. Um, and I think, is there a, you know, the fact of the matter is God is calling you. He's calling you. He's calling me. The question becomes, will you answer His call? And maybe today you might say, you know, on your own, you might go, God, I'm, I'm willing. I don't know what it is, but I'm willing. Or you might go, I'm not there yet, but I'm at least willing to explore this concept a few more weeks here. Maybe that's a, that's a great step, just to go, God, I'm willing to check it out and, and you know, put my foot in the water here or something. But um, there's something made available to you if you're willing to receive it. I think it could change your life forever. Um, but it relates to this idea of my salvation. Salvation is a churchy word. Again, you don't see that used too often. Only two major places I know it's, it's uh, talked about is the Salvation Army. Anyone know the Salvation Army? It sells good, great goods for Halloween here, I think, along with the Goodwill and Ark Store. It ha had a greater purpose than that when it, was when it first came about, and, and that's a story in and of itself. Salvation, another reference. Any of you know Avery Brewing Company out of Boulder? They make Salvation beer. You know, it, it tastes good. It's probably not going to help get you to heaven. Um, it might help get you to heaven sooner than later, but, um, but Salvation in the Bible is talking about what you've been saved from. From. The Bible talks about being saved from our sins, from the guilt and from the consequence of our sins. And salvation means to be saved from that. And, and that is offered as a free gift by grace. This verse here says, um, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, when we talked about grace being God giving us uh, what we need instead of what we deserve, we deserve, every one of us deserves death. According to God, it's not just like, okay, you die and life's over. To sin against an eternal creator is going to carry an eternal sentence. And death, in God's view, the consequence is eternally separated from God in what we know as hell. And we all have earned that. We've all sinned. We've fallen short of God's glorious plans for us. And yet, He's made this arrangement that as a gift He offers to you and to me, forgiveness for every sin you'll ever do in life, ever done and ever will do. He offers a new life. He offers to make you a new person and give you a full life and a full life forever called eternal life. And all of that is made available to you and I as a free gift. And before you get on with your calling, and, and I invite you to join us for the next few Sundays, the next five Sundays, we'll be talking about different facets of our calling. The next uh, six small groups will be talking about this as well. But as you're wrestling through that, if you have not yet gotten to the place where 
You've received God's gift. You've gotten right with your Creator, with God. Um, and you, you've gotten your sins dealt with through what Jesus has done on the cross. God offers that to you as a free gift. This verse here is one of the most popular, uh, well-known promises in the, in the world, and especially in, in the football arenas. Um, this is, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. This promise here just says if you... The, the word believes in the context here means to look to. If you look to Jesus as your Savior from all your sins, as your Lord, if you place your trust in Jesus, um, you will not perish like you deserve and like I deserve. But instead, He'll give us eternal life, complete forgiveness, uh, a new life, a full life, a life with a glorious calling. And that's made available to you as a free gift. All you have to do is, is to receive it. John 1, 12, uh, the place that's speaking of, of Jesus said, Yet to those who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. If you believe Jesus took your sin on His cross, and if you receive Him into your life, there's a promise of becoming a child of God and carrying out your God-given calling from your Father. And my hope is that each one of you, if you haven't done that yet, that maybe today would be your day when you get right with God and you just admit that you have sinned against Him and, and that you, you do believe Jesus died for your sins and that you look to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you invite Him into your life and, and ask Him to, to help you carry out your, your God-given assignment here. And so, let's go ahead and pray and we'll... Call it a morning. Well, Lord Jesus, we do thank You for this morning. We thank You that You have a plan for our lives. Uh, it's a good plan. It's a glorious plan. We thank You that, um, that You had a plan for us before our parents even thought about us. You had a plan in place. We are not an accident to You. We thank You that, um, Lord, we're fearfully and wonderfully made by You. And you have the instruction manuals and you know how to maximize each one of our lives. And God, we thank you that even in light of our sins and our mistakes, it doesn't change your calling for us. and might even help enable us to, to better relate to others in our calling. And, and Lord, we just thank you that you've given us your body uh, to be connected with, to carry out our, our, our part together with others. Um, who want to do the same. And God, we just thank You offer all of this from forgiveness to eternal life to a glorious calling. You offer all of that as a gift to us. And I just pray that each one of us would be able to, to meet You where we're at today, whether it's saying, I, I do take on the calling You have for me or I do receive that gift of, of forgiveness and eternal life that, that You gave me in Jesus Christ. But I just pray You help each one of us take the next step in, um, in following You and in, in carrying out the, the reason that You created each of us. And we, we pray this together. We ask You to bless this whole series. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for coming this morning. Hopefully, I'm on the way out, there's a pile of books back there. I just encourage you to grab one. Um, again, they're, they're bought and paid for, so, so please don't leave any sitting around my office. Um, and there's a donation jar if you ever want to throw anything in for that, but that they're, they're free to use. So, anyways, have a great day, and, and Lord help the Broncos.